witty, thought-provoking, and uplifting Southern Soul Livestream is a program that you'll invite your friends over to watch every week where you'll learn about interesting guests and get to share in their fascinating experiences. Tune in each Thursday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to connect with guests from across the generations and to laugh with our eclectic hosts who are as charming as they are talented. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's our host, Calvin. Thank you very much. You know, we're going to get started tonight with our resident professor, Dr. Daryl Green. What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, man, loving life. Uh, and I, I was just looking for Big Mama to come out with a switch. Mm, 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 mm. You know, I often tell Ren why we have that rule. And uh, I think he forget because, you know, he, he don't want to put it in the chat. But we got to. Because the funny thing is that people say they enjoy the trivia. And when you put some stakes on there, you know, people get more excited. So we have new rules, the Shola one. But since the speaker attempted to get a surprise, we have decided that speakers can win. They get an honorary win. But since they get a gift after the show anyway, we're going to make sure that the second place gift goes to. We have to have a tiebreaker because Ren had one, Alicia had one, Tyra Jones had one. Uh, they were all tied for first place, and everyone else who had points were speakers, but we're going to make sure that um, you guys get a surprise also, because the speakers already get a surprise, um, and you guys will see that after the show. But Daryl, brother, thank you for being here, man. And you know, I'm this. excited that you're here, because your vision was to pour together once a month. We do this, I'm calling it side hustle, you know, mm-hmm. Thursdays, but you wanted to make sure that at least once a month, we just talk to the people about business. And you recently, you know, published some information on emerging trends for today's small business. You mind telling us about that? Yeah. Well, first, first of all, Kevin, you got a great, great show. You're hitting a niche. Um, <clears throat> several years ago, I wrote, uh, I wrote an article uh, for the Envoy magazine. This is beautiful in 2001. And uh, for our in our communities, uh, we we normally don't have a lot of the the up to up to date uh, information. And so I was just kind of share uh, last uh, last year I had seven trends. Uh, this uh, uh, this year I have eight trends. So uh, one of the things I think most most companies fail to do is what is the niche? You know how do you how do you how do you fill a void? And one of those trends has to do uh, it kind of the great uh, great resignation. People are just leaving. People say, you know what? I'm 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 through after after COVID. And I think uh, what are the opportunities there? I mean, do you uh, do you uh, do you uh, do tutoring? Because uh, that's an issue uh, right, right right now. But there's a lot of opportunities in terms of uh, looking at those marketing trends and hitting them. And so, because a lot of times, a lot of the entrepreneurs, they come they, they uh, come up with a great idea, they try to implement it, but the market is saturated. And so one of the things I'd say, try to hit try to hit those un, unmet needs, uh, Calvin. So that's that's one of the first trends is, is a search for more purposeful living. People want to people find a, a better life. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 thank you for that. that, that that's real, um, of finding that, unserved niche. And one thing I love about our people, as you can imagine, that's what we do. We creative, we gonna find a solution. And even tonight, we got some speakers lined up that have found that niche. So they definitely doing the thing. What else you got? I'll tell you a quick one in terms of, in terms of a, a niche. Uh, <clears throat> we had to go, we had to, uh, 2020, we had to go digital. And I actually even talked to my students. I, I, I teach at Oklahoma Baptist University. Zoom. So like, what you doing? Somebody has to moderate the Zoom. Uh, that is that is the job. 
somebody has to entertain. Katie did a, did a great job on that. So that there's a new industry coming out of that, you know. And and actually, what are the you know how do you coordinate that? How do you make the calls? And so that's that's one of the things. The other thing is uh, artificial intelligence and automation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as you can, I know some of y'all raise your hand if you've been to Walmart. Uh, if you went to Walmart 20 years ago, you would you would you would have seen a lot more uh, uh, cashiers. Because of technology, they're, they're doing away with it. And if we ever go up to $15 to $20 an hour, uh, McDonald's will have one person in there and, and, and you will have uh, have uh, robots. And I think that's where we're going. Uh, somebody mentioned uh, about uh, uh, driverless cars. Uh, that's already happening. I got a friend at uh, Louisiana and FedEx, and he says they already have uh, uh, auto autopilot. So some of those things are just coming up. So AI is a, it's a big deal. The other part of that is the uh, third trend would be digitizing of data. You know, a lot of us, you know, if you if you like your parents, you had pen and pencil, but we are all automating, automating things. So that, that is very big. So I just want to kind of mention somebody said by automation, anything that can be done repetitively can be can be done by AI. Example of that is gonna scare some people here, certainly truck drivers, but uh, but think about this white collar jobs. White collar jobs, lawyers, uh, finance people, accountants, uh, all of those jobs can 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 be automated and, and we work and technology is working on that. Also, the future of work work is work is work is changing. Uh, so, <clears throat> one of the things I found interesting a uh, couple uh, last year uh, when I was uh, doing doing some audits uh, working uh, working with accreditation agency, I met this guy and he was working remotely. He was he was actually working for a university. Uh, in the north, but he was living in ATL because his wife didn't want to leave his school. So I think now, I think individuals have more opportunities. You can live, you can, you can, and that's my dream to, to go work, to go work in uh, Alaska or go work when well, Alaska too cold. I'm from Louisiana, but go work in Bahamas or go work in California or go work in uh, Hawaii and live here. So, so how work is being done is important, but the future work is just changing. Uh, those those that jobs. Uh, where you could dig ditches and, and do some other stuff. We're automating technology. So what that means that you're going to, have to be retooling. So that is that is that is trend four, the future of work. A uh, trend five su- supply and chain. So if you're trying to figure out, I want to make more money, I don't like my job, what can what can I do entrepreneurs? And I think somebody mentioned this, this whole trucking stuff, but the logistics, how do you move products from one place to the other? That is hot. Going back to school, figuring it out, that that is just a hot area to get into. The other thing is freelancing, uh, uh, out of your house, doing some, uh, doing some. Not just most people think about Uber and and Airbnb, but there's so much you can you can outsource. You can freelance accounting. You can freelance a whole bunch. Even engineering can be freelance. So that's that's a trend six. Trend seven is uh, is digital and e-commerce. Again, online, uh, not so much cryptocurrency, but just doing things digitally. That that is that is the wave of the future, and the last one is continued training. Some of you didn't hate hate school, didn't like math, didn't like science. You thought you were gonna be through, but that is that's the future. The future is that you're gonna you're gonna go to school, maybe not a traditional school, but you're gonna always have to retool. So those those are the eight eight trends, Calvin, that that I have uh, looked at and, and done research on. Thank you know. Thank you for um, sharing that with us. And as I think about it. You know, it reminds me when a lot of companies were going through what they call the digital transformation. And for large companies, sometimes it was a covert word of saying, we need to make sure that our employees have the latest and greatest skills. 
But what you just described, and I just had that aha moment as you were speaking, is that now we're having a digital transformation for the individuals, for the people. It's scary, but it can be an opportunity. Yeah. And the opportunity so, is anybody can get it. Yeah. So so here's the, here's the thing. I think across the world, I think the economy is, uh, people's living, uh, standard of living is, is growing, you know, third world countries because they have access to technology. So so here's the thing. There's going to be quite a manufacturing jobs. I think we've lost about 4 million manufacturing jobs. and uh, But there's going to be some opportunities. If you are entrepreneur, so that's just the spirit, looking for opportunities. I think there's going to be a, like I already mentioned Zoom. I, I think somebody has not really leveraged that. That's just a big, because I don't want to, I don't want to have to work Zoom and manage and things. But I think this other thing is remotely, uh, certainly we know about, uh, you know, like even kids, you got your kids, you don't really, you don't really like to deal with them. You hate it, math. But I think the tutoring thing can grow. I think uh, how do you make errands? I think those areas can grow. I think if you, if you can find a need, and uh, the example that I, I give in one of my books, uh, Small Business Marketing, is uh, I went to ATL my, uh, for a business trip, and my wife had relatives uh, in, in a different area. As, and, and as you got to the area, there was not a lot of stores, but there were two. There were two little boys, uh, maybe one five and one eight. They were selling M Ms. They were selling M Ms because there was nowhere else to eat. It was packed, and I just want you to think about think about. Uh, you going to a uh, a sporting event and it's raining and nobody's prepared for it and you have a you have an umbrella stand. That is the that is the kind of niche that if you if you can focus on those areas where there's a need, I mean you 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 you'll be doing great uh, in, in in this situation of technology. Well, well, thank you, Daryl. I just dropped in the chat um, the link to your article where you summarize these trends. And at the bottom, once you guys click on there, at the bottom you will see. Um, Dr. Daryl Green's contact information. Um, he does consultation. He does um, support of entrepreneurs. He's always, and he probably got a hundred books out there. So y'all make sure y'all follow him and check him out because the brother is all about sharing information and helping people get the, um, as you can see, he's passionate about that thing, entrepreneurship. So Daryl, you know, hang on out with us. We're going to transition to Miss <laughs> Vanessa Butler and, you know, appreciate you being here. Vanessa, Vanessa, what's up, lady? Hi, how y'all doing? <laughs> great, great. Now, you, you call in tonight from where? I am calling in from Columbus, Ohio. Columbus. 614 area. Columbus, Ohio. You know, I'm so excited to <laughs> chat with you tonight because I just believe you have such an awesome story. You know, yes, we have people you. tonight about here they for hotshot trucking, and we're going to talk about that, but we also or talking about the theme of entrepreneurship. And I think you have an awesome story of entrepreneurship. Do you mind telling us your origin story of how you got started in entrepreneurship and what you do? Yes, absolutely. Um, how I got started in entrepreneurship was me and my daughter, we used to always just go in our kitchen and make all natural like bath bombs, hair growth oils, and like my kitchen would be a horrified wreck after I got done. But I'm like, I would try to stock up my bathroom so I could have my own products to use or whatever. And I actually tried to reach out to a company so that they can, um, you know, they wanted to adapt to my formulation to um, basically help me with my packaging and help me with my labels and help me with my, um, with all my bottles and all that stuff like that for my products. And I'm like, I found it cheaper just to do it myself. Because I'm like, you know, they, that comes with inquiring costs. So I had to learn that. 
<laughs> and not only that, my daughter had to learn that. Um, what I do for a living, uh, my nine to five job, I am a project facility manager for Global Management Solutions. They are sourced out of Pittsburgh and I am located downtown near the Ohio State University. I facilitate janitorial contracts down there um, and I love my job. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, I do have a master's degree in hospitality and management. I've been doing that for almost 22 to 23 years and I love just doing it, being a good service to people. Um, not only that, working with other staff members, training people um, to supervisory roles, you know, basically just helping them pull out their ultimate potential and pull out their gifts. <laughs> Everybody awesome. has the gifts. I strongly believe that. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you. And we're going to drop in the chat um, the link to your website because you have such beautiful products. You know, I saw, you know, and I was going through there and I saw you actually got, you know, the beard product too, you know. Yeah, you know, the beard sure oil. That, the, I yeah. have the balm. The balm is new. Yeah, yeah, I got to make sure that the bid is what, what they call it, popping. I think that's what the young folk call it. You know, I got to make sure that that's right. But you got all kind of products, right? Tell us about the products that you cover and, you know, the things that your, your customers love. Yes, the products that I do have, I have all natural body butters. I also have natural sugar scrubs, natural Epsom salt scrubs for um, aches and muscles. I do have a Supreme Facial Serum that's very popular right now. Um, it helps with tightening and brightening. Um, it fights inflammation, free radicals. I do have a popping turmeric cream as well. Who, who's a turmeric fan? Anybody turmeric fan in here? I love turmeric and ginger. So um, turmeric is really good. It's a um, turmeric cream that has vitamin C in it. It's good for um, AM or PM um, after you wash your face. Um, I also have hand lotions because I hate for my hands to be dry. So who wouldn't want a hand lotion in their purse, ladies? You know, you gotta have that hand lotion in your purse because I know I do. <laughs> yes, I also have um, collagen gummies. I do believe in um, taking, you have to internally take stuff too, like vitamins. So I do have collagen gummies. That's for your hair, skin, and nails and your joints. And I do have cellulite creams, cellulite oils. <laughs> so... Um, I do have a hot cream as well in case you want to do light workouts um, and the do has a ginger extract. It will get very hot. Awesome. Some people are not yeah. familiar with hot creams. But when you use hot creams, you sweat a lot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and um, I also have um, the men's beard oil. I do have a wave balm um, in case they want to use it for their face or their hair. And I also have um, bath bombs. Bath bombs made with shea butter, um, all natural vegan products, all cruelty free. Just natural stuff that is very good, If even if you have sensitive skin. Wow. Tons of products. Tell yeah, me that. Yeah, so if you want to feel soft and silky, I am your lady to come to. Tell me this. <laughs> what is one piece of advice you would give someone who is just getting started, you know, as a business owner? Um, a strong piece of advice that I would give somebody who's just starting out. I actually have written this down. <laughs> um, I said, a strong piece of advice, I would say... I would basically say be patient. Be patient. If they're um, upcoming entrepreneur or fresh business owner, um, you have to be patient because sometimes sales are gonna they're gonna flip flop every now and then. Sometimes um, you can't please everybody, so you have to go into being a business owner and entrepreneur. You have to go into it open minded because you're not gonna be able to please everybody, and that's not the mission to please everybody. The mission is to make people aware about natural skincare products. That's what I teach my daughter. <laughs> make people aware. And then not only that, to keep striving. 
you know, keep striving. Even if you run into road bumps, you're going to run into road bumps. It's a business. Every business does. So keep going. Never stop. Uh, you know, I love that first one you mentioned, be patient. I mean, that is like real. I mean, I mean, I've never met an entrepreneur who didn't struggle with that. Right. Yeah. That, that, that be patient is so significant. You know, one thing I love about your story is you wanted to make sure that you taught your daughter ownership, not only just teaching her that, but teaching her that early. Now, having 22 years, you know, a master's degree, a corporate career. Tell us about, you know, why you chose to really, really involve your daughter in your entrepreneurship endeavors. Why I really wanted to involve my daughter in entrepreneurship and become a business owner is because I know, like, it's getting ready to be the summertime. Y'all know it's spring. And she was like, she's getting to that point. She's 15. She'll be 16 this year. She's like, Mama, I want to work. I want to make my own money because she felt like her allowance is not, not enough. Mm. So I'm like, you want to work? I'm like, okay, we making all this stuff in the kitchen. We might as well make this the business. I'm like, mm. make it a business. So I started filling out the paperwork. Um, I did some self-investing, um, put up the money so we could start our business. And she was excited about it. She was excited to get out there to start working. Um, and it's not really interfering in her schooling or her activities that she wanna do because she loves to play basketball. Um, she's very creative. Like she, she, uh, she used to be on the real team and she used to be a cheerleader. It's like, whatever she wanna do, I support her in everything that she wants to do. Because I know when I was younger, I didn't do all them things. All I did was like work, <laughs> you know, so that was my main thing. Work, 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 work. That's all I seen. I, my parents do, my family members do, everybody just work and work to get where they need to be. So just, you know, when my daughter got into it, I'm like, we should make this a business. This will be something, you know, for your generation, you know, like generational wealth. We're going to create that platform for you. And I think this will be a great idea for you. She's like, mom, let's do it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I found the paperwork, got it started. And I'm like, we, we started small. I do have a video on my website. Um, I have a room in my house, which is our office. I have a room where we started out where we had like nothing but crates and all that stuff when we started. And now we have like a full-fledged desk. We have um, we have all of our shelving, storage stuff. Like we came a long way for it just to be a year. And I'm proud awesome. of that. I can only mm -hmm. imagine that this has been an awesome opportunity to teach you about money, about creativity, about ownership and things like that. Do you have any stories to share with us of how this opportunity really kind of... Um, you know, gave her some light bulb moments or maybe led to her, you know, understanding how to manage money or anything like that? Yeah, something interesting happened. Like we try to do at least like three um, pop-up shops a month. So when we started doing um, pop-up shops, like we'll go out to different areas and do pop-up shops. We'll set up shop, um, our display table. We'll start, we'll start um, selling our products. We'll start engaging with people, networking. And my daughter used to be shy a lot. She's just like, mom, I can't do it. I'm like, girl, I'm like, come on. You have other, like you have teenage peers. Their face is breaking out and we can try to help them. So if their parents get whip of it, they can buy it for them or whatever the case may be. And I know that when we, we had did Polaris Mall and everybody know Polaris Mall is the most busiest mall in Columbus, Ohio. So when we did that mall, it was very high traffic and she was not used to that. When I say high traffic, it was just like, 
nonstop. And she was like, oh my, she, she started to get frustrated. I said, baby, calm down, go to the bathroom, wipe your face, come back out. And she was just like, mom, this is so busy. I'm like, that's what you want. You want the business. <laughs> but I'm like, you have to move at your pace too. But I said, you wanted to try to get, get our name out there. That's what we're doing. We're getting this business out there. And when the high traffic came, it was like she kind of got overwhelmed, but then she snapped back into it like, oh, let me get in customer service mode. It was like everything I was doing, she was replicating. I thought it was so cool. I'm like, look at my baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. and she made her first sale. I will never forget when she made her first sale. Like, she was so she was so happy. She's like, mom, because I was like, I'm going to the restroom. I said, do you got the table? You sure? She's like, I got it. I came back and she, she made her first sale. She showed like three products. She sold a body butter, um, a men's beer oil, and some um, collagen gummies. She was like, mom, I made a sale. Oh my God, I made a sale. And I was just excited for her to feel that. You know what I'm saying? I was just excited for her just to feel that moment. <laughs> And it just makes her want it even more. So she's like, Mom, I want to learn everything that you're learning. I want to do everything that you're doing so I can know the business when I start to take it over. Um, education, education is key. I always teach you that. Um, I actually took up a lot of marketing classes. I took up uh, business coaching classes. She was right next to me while I did it. <laughs> Taking notes. And um, I also took up holistic nutritionist um, classes. I am certified for that now. And um when I did that, she was sitting next to me taking notes and she was like, mom, this is so cool. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, when you get older and you start taking these, you know, business coaches, business etiquette classes and stuff, I'm like, you can, you can do whatever you put your mind to. Like that's awesome. the go. Do whatever you put your mind to. Awesome. You know, I, I, I love this story. I'll tell you why. Is there's a lot going on now through the perspective of parents and the next generation realizing that, you know, in my generation, it was about, you know, corporate, corporate, corporation, you know, or those other careers. And then all of a sudden this trend happened where people like, hey, you know, this 30 years, 40 years of one company is not happening anymore. And I saw that last about 15, 20 years because people didn't know what to do with it. Right. They're like, OK, well, if they force me and I don't know, times are changing. But what the story that you tell, I think, is awesome, because what it does is it gives you know, a young person an opportunity to see the world differently, as you said, come out of her shell. In addition, one thing about corporate careers, and I joke with my friends often, I'm like, you know, you get all those corporate skills, meaning you can manage a multi-million dollar spreadsheet, but you don't know how to go to the mall and sell anything. The skills that people get in corporate often aren't skills that they can use anywhere else except mm -hmm corporate. So I can only imagine the excitement that you have for your daughter at 15 to be getting these awesome experiences. And thanks for sharing that story with us, because that story where you have a shy person come out in that avenue was the opportunity of entrepreneurship, I think is beautiful. So Vanessa, thank you for being with us tonight. Is there anything you want to kind of leave with us? We really dropped in the chat um, how people can find you, how they can follow you. Let's see, I think we got your Facebook in there. We got your Instagram. Anything yeah, you want to share Facebook with the people? Yeah, my Facebook and my Instagram. Uh, we have a lot of platforms. We also just got some good news today. I think I had sent it to you. Um, we also, um, we are a part of the U.S. Black Chambers um, by Black platform now. We just got verified for that. I was like, I've been on the list for a long time. So I was like, oh, that's so, so amazing. So we have an extra platform. We have a Facebook. We got an Instagram. We have a um, LinkedIn. We have a Pinterest, um, a Snapchat. 
we have a TikTok. <laughs> so now we have a buy black platform too. So I think that's pretty cool. Awesome. So wherever the customers are, you are there with them. I appreciate yes, that. Yes, I am there being hospitable with my bells on. Like, how y'all doing today? Get to know well, us. Check well, out our brand profile. Get to know well, who I am. Get to follow our skincare journey. Because not only are we trying to sell skincare, we are trying to bring awareness for people who has no knowledge about any type of holistic remedies. And that's our goal as a company, making sure we're... Uh, spreading awareness and knowledge about that. And not only that, being supportive and advisory to anybody who wants to uh, be successful in their skincare journey. Awesome. Thank you very much. You know, look forward to um, connecting with you again. I know this is the first of many opportunities to connect. Thank you for being with us tonight. Hang tight. We're going to do some Q&A at the end. So after okay. the show, list. so, you know, hang tight. I'm pretty sure we'll have some questions for you. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. You know, Yvette, what do you think about that? I mean, you know, stories, I just love the stories of entrepreneurship. I love, you know, because, you know, what people don't realize, entrepreneurship can be very scary. Absolutely. It can be lonely. I recently had a friend after, he was like a nuclear physics or something like that, physicist, and he's been cleaning nuclear reactors or whatever for like 30 years. And he decided, he says, hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I said, are you afraid? Are you nervous? Are you asking yourself, you know, what in the world am I doing? He says, yep, all of that. How did you know? I said, then you're ready. So what do you think about that, Yvette? You know, what, what's your story? Tell us about your observation, your entrepreneurship story. Uh, well, I love Vanessa's story. Um, hers really hit home because I published the Envoy Guide magazine, um, which is a print and digital magazine. This is the most current edition. Uh, Daryl uh, is a contributing writer, as he uh, mentioned earlier, and I'm so privileged to have him as a part of my journey. But I feature minority and women-owned businesses, entrepreneurs, community members, and creative artists across the U.S. I created it last year because in my area of Western North Carolina, there are other publications, but maybe in the 12 years I've been here, I've seen one black person on a, the cover of any of those magazines. And typically even in mainstream magazines, especially business magazines, you hardly ever see people of color um, as ex experts, as the ones who are giving the business advice, the ones who you are seeing as successful um, entrepreneurs and businesses and creative artists. So I created the magazine because I wanted to know myself, where are those businesses, where are those artists? Um, and I wanted to also be able to provide information to educate people who want to start their own businesses, who are creative artists, because I'm a photographer myself, a portrait photographer. I also own Red Angle Photography. And when I started my business, I was one of the people who thought, oh, I'll just create a business and take pictures and people will pay me for it not realizing it's a business. Any artist is actually running a business to market themselves and their products. So I had to learn along the way, how do I market myself? How do I actually run this as a business? And from that, uh, that just led into creating the Envoy just to not only help promote my photography, but also help promote the other businesses and learn from the other successful entrepreneurs who are out there doing it every day who are struggling and facing challenges and finding out how are they overcoming those and sharing their success stories. 
Well, you know, thank, thank you for that intro. And I pulled up your slide and I, I think you want to do this one first, right? Yes. Okay. So, you know, one thing I love about your story and thank you, I've actually received the shipment of the magazines. I'm really excited about it. Good. And what I initially discovered as I opened up the package is the unique quality of the material yes. and the awesome photography. Do you mind kind of telling us about, you know, why that's important? Because, you know, I, you know, originally wasn't a magazine person until I started talking to you. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is some really quality, cool stuff. Tell us about, you know, your brand and, you know, what makes you unique and how you, you know, provide unique quality with your magazine. I specifically wanted to create a magazine that people want to keep. This is not a throwaway magazine, not only because of the feel of it, but also because of the content. There is... Uh, a lot of content that's educational, uh, how to do social media marketing, how to handle your finances and your taxes, things like that. These are what I hope will be collector magazines. And I pay extra to have it feel like a high quality velvety type magazine. If anyone feels it, the first time they feel it, all they're doing is feeling the cover and rubbing their hands on it because it is so uh, luxurious basically. Um, so I wanted to have something that not only felt good in people's hands and gave them the temptation to not throw it away, but also stands out from other publications. When people talk about it, the first thing they mention is, oh, it's a really, uh, it really feels good in the hand. And that's what makes people really also help to remember it. Well, you know, I, I can appreciate that because you know, as I can see with the quality of the magazines I received is that, you know, it instantly gives a different perspective. It instantly gives a certain quality, you know. And one thing I love about your story is that you didn't just start a business. You also have something to share with us about lessons learned, you know, from starting. And I want to pull open that deck because I'm really excited about it, you know, about the things that you've learned along the way, you know, because I would anticipate it hasn't, as Katie would say, it's not always a straight path. So, okay. you know, um, let me pull that open because I would definitely love to hear about your business startup tips, you know, for our audience today. Yeah. And these are tips that I have learned myself along the way, tips that I have uh, heard from other people as well. Uh, I tell people I'm not a business expert, um, but I try my, the whole point of this magazine is to share information. That's the definition basically of Envoy. It's being a messenger. So um, I hope these tips help other people who are in business or starting out. And now I'll start with the don'ts. Um, and there are several of these. Number one, don't expect immediate success or fast profit. And this is um, the same thing that Vanessa was saying. You have to be patient. So many people think they're going to immediately um, make money, and a lot of times it can take years. Um, don't expect family and friends to support you. Um, I have so many, I have family and friends who don't even uh, subscribe that um, will say, oh, yeah, that's a great thing you're doing, and then I never hear from them again. So a lot of people expect family and friends to support them. That's not always going to be the case. Uh, don't expect support from your own community. This magazine was specifically created to promote, in particular, minorities, minority businesses, Black, Latino, LGBTQ, whatever. I have very few Black people who are subscribers or advertisers. In my area, um, it has been hard fought trying to get anyone to support me. 
Um, they're finally slowly coming around, but um, you have to realize that just because you're black doesn't mean other black people will support you. Um, also, don't expect anything or everything to be given to you just because you're a minority or a woman um, or anything. Diversity and equity and equality really don't mean you're going to get a free pass or a handout. And people should not expect that. So many people think that, oh, I'm black. Give me your money. Give me this or that. You have to work for it. Um, and you have to be just as good and better than everybody else who's also doing the same thing. Awesome. You know, I, I love those don'ts and I'm telling you why. It's because, you know, I don't know who was the wise person that said it. They said, you know, you've been, you know, in business for a while. Have you toughened up yet? And I love those don'ts because you're just really keeping it real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, this ain't uh, for everybody, but go ahead. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yes, don't exclude anyone from being a client or customer. I mean, I've had people um, say to me, well, your magazine is supposed to be just for black people. Why are you allowing white people to, to write, to advertise? I'm like, because if they're willing to support me, then I'm willing to take their money. <laughs> I'm willing to help help them spread knowledge because just because somebody is white doesn't mean that they can't share information as well. Just because they're Latino doesn't mean they haven't had the same experiences. So this magazine is for all minorities. And I really don't, you don't want to put yourself in a corner where your market, even though it's one group may not, if they're not going to support you, you have to go wherever the market is that's going to support you. Um, also don't put everything that you plan to do on blast. So many people put everything on social media um, and announce everything. And then they're surprised when somebody else is doing it before them. Or, um, and they say, well, that was my idea. Well, surprise everyone, surprise your competitors. Um, just go ahead and, and plan it silently and then just do it. Um, also don't always follow the pack. What works for everyone else may not work for you. And it, even though it may be popular, um, number eight, don't ever compromise on quality. And that goes back to the quality of the magazine itself. That may be the only thing that makes you stand out from your competitors. Someone else could be doing the exact same thing, but if your product is just a tad bit better, then that's what people will um, remember and look to as well, even no, if it costs I more. I see Vanessa and she got all kinds of amens over there. You know, I'm telling you, you know what I mean? The the choir and the congregation are saying amen tonight. And if you don't get these points, I know you eventually will, because, you know, they often say entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And one thing I love about this is that you, once again, Yvette, you tell it like it is. And, you know, it allows you to essentially, as they say, sharpen your shawl. You know, I was often turned, told that iron sharpens iron, right? And in this environment, right, I love that you've documented this, Yvette, because, you know, on any given day as an entrepreneur, you wake up and you feel these things. But that's why it can be lonely, right? Because you feel these yes. things and you don't want to be negative. You don't be whatever. But you you know what you're feeling is real. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I thank you for this opportunity because you're, you're really helping me through the perspective of iron sharpens iron. What else you got for us? Keep going. Uh, the last of the don'ts, don't price your products or services too low. A lot of people think cheap prices usually mean low quality products and services. And 
I, I have been one of those people. When I first started out, my prices for advertising, I had $19 for a display ad. And even though the quality of the magazine was really high, people were saying your prices are just too low. People, when if they don't see it first, they're going to think you're just some fly-by-night product or service. So um, always make sure that your prices will make are high enough to make sure that your business is sustainable, basically. Um, and then lastly, don't price your products or services too high unless you're branding yourself as a luxury pro product brand and your products, services, or customer service are higher quality than your competitors. In that case, then you can say, hey, I'm doing something that's above and beyond what everybody else is providing. This justifies what my prices are. So many people think, oh, just because somebody else is um, doing the same thing that your prices should be the same. No, it's all about the experience and the quality of the service or product that you're giving. Awesome. You know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I've got to calm down. I'm going to let you get through these for time. <laughs> but I just get excited, you know, when you talk about this. But I'm going to be quiet for a second this time. <laughs> Tell us about your to-dos, Yvette. The do's. Number one, expect and be prepared to invest in your own business. So many people want everybody else to foot the bill to market and promote their business. You have to put in your own money. Um, you can't just go just by word of mouth or... Uh, expecting other people to promote you. You have to put in the money yourself. Um, number two, get out of your comfort zone. And again, this goes back to what Vanessa said with her daughter. I'm an introvert. I hate talking about myself. So, and networking and going to meetings, I have to get out of my comfort zone and network. So I joined the Chamber of Commerce in Asheville, North Carolina. It's one of the most supportive chambers. Well, the, the only chamber that I'm a member of, but it's because they are supportive. They have a big section in their visitor center of a big poster of uh, the Envoy magazine. They have a, a table with magazines out there for me and they are helping me promote this magazine. So join the Chamber of Commerce, go to the networking groups, um, join networking groups offline and offline on Facebook, um, wherever, but get out there and let people know who you are and what you're offering. Um, support the people and businesses that support you. Mm. So many people will um, not even refer other businesses to people. I am all about sharing customers, sharing ideas, helping other businesses succeed. And so I am always telling people, buy from the people who, uh, who buy from you, refer customers to them, mention them by name. One of the things that I uh, mentioned in my publisher's note in my current edition is one of my favorite quotes is surround yourself with people who will mention your name in a room full of opportunities. Hmm. We need more people like that because so many people, they will hear somebody who needs your service and they won't say a word. That's not how you support each other. You have to mention people and send people their way. Um, also price your products and services to make a profit. Goes back to what I said before. And the best way to do that is uh, create a spreadsheet, know what your cost of goods are, uh, put in your markup, have a spreadsheet that has all the value. So, you know, if you are offering a 10% discount, a 10% discount, you know exactly how much your net profit will be and put in your credit card fees, put in the sales tax that you have to pay. A lot of people don't realize you have to pay sales tax on everything. 
um, sales and use tax. So create a spreadsheet where you know for every single product that you're selling, whatever your cost of goods are, whatever fees you have to pay by at the end of the day, you know how much you're going to make after the sale. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, also, educate your prospects about why you're worth your prices. A lot of people really don't know what goes into what you're, what you're producing or offering. Uh, with mine, especially with photography, they think, oh, you just have a camera and you press a button. They don't realize, well, there's lighting, there's posing, there's location, there is editing, um, culling all the images. People think that there's no training involved. Well, there is. And that is the case for every single product that's being sold. So people need to know and understand what you do and why it is worth the price that you are offering. Um, Understand that not every prospect is the right client for you. Uh, be choosy and learn to say no, but say no nicely. And if, even if that means referring them to someone else, there are clients who, if they are not willing to um, accept your prices, they're not the right client for you. If they don't respect what you do or your time, they're not the right client for you. Um, number seven, be flexible and adapt. Um, work with potential clients and customers to offer the best solution. And that may not necessarily be a solution that you normally offer. Um, and this goes back to uh, just uh, last year, I had not uh, professionally done product photography before. I had someone come to me and ask me to do that. He's starting a national, a, a local franchise for an ice cream store and he needed ice cream product photography. So I worked with him to provide that. And I actually got some great shots. I was nervous. I had never done it before, mm -hmm. but I was up front and I told him, I said, I've never done this before, but I will work with you. If you don't like them, you don't pay for the images, but at least it's a learning experience. And it's now something where I offer that as part of my photography services as well. So don't be afraid to adapt to whatever the customer may need in order to provide a new service or a new product. And then also take chances, um, do things that um, you're unsure of. And that goes back to, to that, but just be honest with your clients about it. And then always present yourself professionally and respectfully. Um, people always um, think that people may not be watching, but what you put on social media, what how you dress, how you act in public always comes back to you. Um, number 10, invest in professional marketing materials and images. I tell people, I'm a professional photographer. Please stop using cell phone pictures as your headshot. Mm -hmm. Please stop using cell phone pictures to sell your products. You want the best high quality products to represent yourself. So that means uh, having a really good website, uh, your business cards, your brochures. Um, I tell people, please stop using Gmail if you have a business because most people will see that if you have a custom email address, that takes you up a step above other people who are in business. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with Gmail, but if you have a business, it's just something where if you have a custom email address, you look more professional. Um, hire a social media marketing manager, if you can. Um, I hate social media. Um, I am always trying to remember to post things on there. Everybody says do video. If you can, try to get somebody who is really good at it to help you 
post on a regular basis. And I admit I am bad at this myself. So luckily, Dr. Green, Daryl has some interns who are helping me with that as we speak. So, um, and then also always have a business card, brochure or sample with you. Everywhere I go in my purse, I have at least one copy of my magazine or a brochure of my photography. So that if I'm talking with anyone and I am needing to show them something, I have something I can just hand them and give to them to show them my work. Awesome, awesome. As and we then, get to the, the last few ones, go, go ahead, because I, 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 I'm, yep. I'm struggling with not talking. You, you got me excited, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> last ones, always get second opinions. Not everybody knows the right answers. And I have learned that firsthand. There are people who have been in business who are doing, doing it completely wrong and will give you all the wrong information. So I always recommend ask other people the same question and see what answers you get because the answers may not be right from some people. They may be right from everybody, but it may be a different approach that may help you in what you're doing. Um, and then also take time out for yourself. Schedule vacation days on your calendar designate certain hours every single day just for yourself or your family because I am um, I have burnt myself out many times and I actually I'm supposed to be on vacation this month and I haven't had vacation yet so I am bad at this myself but um, I am actually going to a conference next week that will be my vacation it's going to be a photography conference where I can just learn and do creative shooting so that to me will be some type of catharsis for me to kind of get rid of all the stress. But I tell people you have to don't work so hard. Enjoy the freedom that you are giving yourself as you are uh, running your business. And then finally, just do it. Don't wait. Don't think that you have to have everything in line, that everything has to be perfect. You will learn along the way because even the plans that you create starting your business will change as you go through it, because the dynamics will always be different. Awesome. Make sure y'all screenshot this. If you're on your phone, screenshot. If you're on your computer, screenshot. You know, Yvette, thank you for talking and walking us through here, because I seen, you know, Vanessa just, hey, man, and I see uh, the show over there like, mm-hmm, this, <laughs> this is how it works, because it's not for everyone, but at the same time, it can be. Yes. always like people to know what they're getting into, right? And even some of the things you're talking about, such as, you know, I always have a business card, you know, for certain things I'm thinking about, okay, you know, because I was just thinking about Vanessa, I'm like, for her products, you know, I wonder if she keeps like a sample or something, you know, or how does she kind of manipulate that? Because, you know, it's different nuances, but it's almost like this is like the 15 commandments, right, of entrepreneurship and small business. So thank you for sharing that with us. Y'all, you know, I want to make an announcement because um, Yvette, is actually don't just talk about it, she be about it. One of the things we got connected on collaborating, Dr. Dale Green connected us, but then yours truly, you know, first of all, you know, uh, you know, in that fancy magazine, I'm looking forward to being spotlighted in um, your vest magazine. I said, little old me, she's like, yeah, you know, she, you got, she said, you got green money, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am, right? So, but you know, but I, I'm gonna get my hair did and everything. So if y'all don't recognize me, do not cut up. You know what I mean? Them new people going to be like, well, his hair is flowing like that. So don't be hating. I'm just putting it out there right now, Daryl. But yeah, I'm getting my hair did. I'm being, a, I'm being an envoy guy. And I'm telling you somebody else who'll be good. I already know Miss Vanessa Butler. We got to get her yes. spotlight in that magazine because I can already tell, you know, she can't wait 
to take a picture. You know how some people shy, you know, introvert. Vanessa ain't <laughs> introverted. You can tell her daughter introverted. Me and her, you and Yvette, we introverted, but not Vanessa. Mm-mm. But, you know, just thank you tonight for sharing with us. You know, I'm looking forward to working with you in our collaboration. Um, and thank you for agreeing to support us here at Southern Soul. But as we transition, I want to say, you know, thank you to the previous speakers. Hang tight because we are now ready for our feature. Mr. Shola Spencer, OMG. Shola, what does it feel like to be, you know, the spotlight, the finale, the, you know what I mean? These people come in here, they like, when y'all going to get on the Shola? When the Shola going to be? And I'm like, we going to get there? What's up? How you doing, the Shola? I am well. How are you? Good, good. What do you think about, you know, the conversation tonight? I mean, they, have they not been dropping jewels and nuggets on entrepreneurship? Oh, I love it. It's, it's been awesome. Uh, a lot of valuable information. Um, yeah, so it's been great listening in and just hearing about what everyone has to do. And it just basically lets you know that there's an entrepreneur in everyone. You just have to channel it. Yes, yes, yes. So I've given you um, presenting capabilities. I know you have a deck that you want to share. But before, you know, you get started, I mean, maybe it's in your deck. Are you going to tell people who you are? Because I would prefer for you introduce yourself because, you know, I'm just going to do a bunch of talking. But <laughs> tell people about you and what you do. OK, uh, my name is Deshaula Spencer. I am uh, what some may call a serial entrepreneur. Um, I teach at... Um, Ivy Tech College with uh, Dr. Jackson, if you um, all have heard of her uh, speak before. Um, I also teach at Harold Washington College in the uh, city of Chicago, and I just was hired on at National Lewis University teaching their master's program. I own a hair salon. I've been a self uh, entrepreneur for about 17 years. So I own a hair salon as well as I am in the trucking industry. Uh, doing my last, during my last uh, present presenter uh, spot, I actually, uh, everyone was saying how much they loved it and you should you should teach this so so me being who I am uh I started putting together a class that I'll be um launching uh within the next couple of weeks I'm getting my website done but I just you know as an entrepreneur you see these opportunities and me being impatient because you know I did hear Vanessa say you have to be patient but some things there is a you have a niche and then you see the opportunity there and you just have to go for it. So I do believe in being patient, but I also see, I also feel that if there is an opportunity, you you make it happen because someone else is gonna make it happen otherwise. So um, I did see an opportunity for, um, for a, a dispatch training class. And then I also saw an opportunity for a dispatcher so I have three customers that I work for. And in between all that other stuff that I do, I, I dispatch. <laughs> <laughs> so like today was all dispatching. I've been on spring break from one of the schools and, and I didn't have to teach at the other one. So I did dispatching. So, um, yeah, this is my life. Welcome to oh, it. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> I can't even talk. I'm sitting there drinking. <laughs> so tell us about your, your topic tonight. Hotshot trucking, um, how you got into it. And I think, are you going to share your screen? Yes, I am okay. going to share my screen. Okay, um, one moment, please. Yeah, and while I'm pulling up the screen, I actually got into hotshot uh, trucking because my fiance um, 
he talked about it so much and was saying how much of a good investment it would be. And so me being me, I decided to um, research it to find out if it really will be a, a good investment and how much money you can actually make in it. But as a result, I it's opened up so many other doors for me. So that's how I initially started. Um, so my fiance was the driver and I would do his dispatching. And I realized that because of my previous experience in sales and negotiations and in customer service, it took me to a whole nother level in actually understanding how that business goes. And plus I, I teach entrepreneurship, I teach accounting, um, I teach finance. So those things, everything that I've learned over, over this period of time has allowed me to, uh, to maximize my skills in this uh, field and be able to, to hopefully give it to everyone else to learn. Awesome. Uh, so I have my uh, PowerPoint up and um, you ready to go, Calvin? I just was yeah. trying to wait and see if you were. OK, so you want to hit the present. Oh, you are. You aren't able to see it or no. no OK, I can let see me. It. It's not in presentation mode, though. OK, sorry about that. Let me go now. There we go. Yeah. So this I'll be talking about hot shot trucking. Um, and basically how to gain success and financial independence in this industry. Uh, so trucking, every time someone thinks about trucking, they automatically think about 18-wheelers or CDL drivers or box trucks drivers. They don't think about the fact that someone that does not have a CDL can also benefit off of being in this type of industry. So I'm just going to give you some information about the industry, uh, uh, some information about the language a little bit, you know, and uh, so we'll go from there. Um, let's see. So when you get started in the, this is what I did. When I got started in this industry, there was a lot of research to do. I wanted to find out how much money, I, you know, the potential of money I can make, what type of, um, you know, how am I going to set up my business? Is it going to be a uh, sole proprietor, LLC, you know, what do I need to do in regards to setting up my Department of Transportation and MC registration? And that gives you your authority to basically drive as a carrier in that trucking industry, in logistics. What type of equipment will I need? Now, that was a whole new thing for me, you know, learning about the equipment for hotshot trucking. Compliance agency, insurance requirements for that business, you know, who's going to drive? I already knew, but, you know, of course, this is something that you need to know in general. Um, electronic logging device, which is necessary and required by the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. And then your load board, and that's where you get your loads from. Uh, another thing is about technology, the things that you need in order to be um, efficient and effective in the field that you have now put yourself in. So these are the things that we'll be discussing. So the research that you do, you know, is, you know, you want to find out how much money you're going to make. So once I started looking into the into the industry, I realized that as a trucker uh, for that type of uh, vehicle, because it's a pickup truck and a, a trailer on the back, you can you can you can make a potential of about seven thousand dollars a week if you actually know what you're doing um, and, and you you educate yourself. The initial investment is another thing you need to think about. So one thing that you need to know is that, you know, I need a truck and I need a trailer. Now, if you already can, you know, have a truck, a pickup truck, 
then you just basically need to find out what size trailer you would be able to use to accommodate you as either being a non-CDL or a CDL driver. Um, vehicle types will be a pickup truck for a hot shot trucking. So you can start off anything from a F-250 or 2,500 up to a 550 or a 5,500. If you are non-CDL, you can stick with something like a 250 or a 2,500 because when it comes to being a non-CDL uh, hot shot driver, you can only um, you cannot exceed 26,000 GVWR, which means gross vehicle weight rating. That's how they determine whether you can be CDL or non-CDL. If you're non-CDL, you can't go above that weight rating, but your payload, <laughs> which is the amount of money that you can make off of towing the, the weight that you have on the back of that trailer is determined by the trailer GVWR subtracting the curve weight. And that's another uh, equation as far as a math class, but it's your trailer GVWR subtracting your curve weight. So for example, we had a big F450 and it had a GVWR of 14,000. Our trailer could not be any um, larger in weight than 11,999. Our curb weight of our trailer is 4,600, which means that he can pay his weight payload will be 7,400, roughly 7,300. So anything that he hauls from state to state will be under 7,400 pounds. So um, you can be an in, intrastate, which is only within the state. So I'm in Illinois, so only within Illinois, or you can be interstate. That means you can travel throughout you know, the 50 states. Um, so let, let's keep going. So one thing you'll need, of course, you'll need a dispatcher. And that's where I came into play. And I, I, you know, I started off, you know, yelling and screaming at him to him about, you know, I need you to read your rate confirmation to find out the information. Don't call me about stuff that's unnecessary. I got too much to do. That's a whole nother subject. And then factoring. Factoring is another thing you need to know about. Like, how am I going to get paid? So they factoring is where you sell your receivables to a company that pays you in advance and then they collect from the company that you did the service for. So factoring for truckers allows them to get paid within 24 hours, which is a big thing when you have to pay things like gas, hotels, you know, all the things associated with being a trucker. So let's move on. So the Federal Motor Carrier uh, Safety Administration, the Department of Transportation number, this is a number allowing you to be a um, to be a trucker. Now, it could be where you're doing passengers, but this is not just trucking. This is uh, in the uh, transportation industry. Your MC number, that's your authority to be able to drive out of state. So without your authority, your MC number, you will not be able to drive in interstate. Compliance. So there are certain things necessary to be compliant. You need an electronic logging device, that's going to make sure that the driver is legal. Uh, whether you are non-CDL or CDL, there needs to be something electronically to um, log your driving hours. That's how they make sure that drivers aren't, you know, just driving 12 hours and falling asleep behind the wheel. They're required to drive. They can drive 11 hours. They have to take a break after eight hours, a 30-minute break, um, but they can be on the road for a total of 14 hours. 
So they can maximize the road. You just have to know how to do it, but you have to have certain things in place to make sure that if you're pulled over, you're not taking out, you're not taken out of service, which means that you cannot run anymore. You have to sit where you are until someone else comes and get that load off your truck. So you have to be in compliance. Things like having your driver's logbook and having an electronic logging device, those are very important. Uh, minimum insurance re uh, requirements. Now, this can be a little bit uh, expensive when it comes to your initial investment, your seed capital, but it's totally worth it. Uh, in order to um, haul for carriers, they, they require a minimum of $1 million in, in insurance. I'll just give you an example for the insurance for the uh, F-450 that I had, the insurance, it was $4,800 to uh, as a down payment. The, the monthly payments was about $1,400 a month. But if you think about the overall, how much you can make in a month, you know, that's pennies. You just have to have the money for the initial investment. Um, your annual requirements, you need to um, complete your UCR um, and and my my brain, I've been thinking all days. I'll have to come back on that for the acronyms. But you have to complete your uh, annual UCR. It's about fifty nine dollars, but it's just allowing you to continue on as a carrier to be able to haul cargo. So this is my uh, truck and trailer. Um, we have an F two fifty now, but this is the initial one we had. It's a twenty foot trailer. Um, some of the supplies that you would need would be, you know, like a, uh, your safety kit that has a, a fire extinguisher in there. You need tarps, chains, and straps. Um, it's also good to have um, um, edge protectors for the so that your straps won't rip. Uh, you want to have some very um, heavy-duty straps. You want to have basic tools like screwdriver, uh, tape measure, and you know, uh, even a small ladder or a small broom on your truck just to make sure that you're prepared. Um, I always tell um, my fiance to make sure he has a cooler with him for water or certain things, because at one point I saw on the news, uh, the uh, I-94 stopped and drivers were on there for like four or five hours. So, you know, certain things you just wanna be prepared for. Um, so the driver, you know, you wanna make sure you have a driver that's safe, of course but they have to have their medical cards on them. The electronic logging device has to be in the vehicle. They have to, of course, be, you know, have a safety kit and be a safe driver. Um, you're gonna, of course, discuss their earnings and what they can make. And I was just actually talking about that um, with my fiance today. You know, I was telling him, you know, all of these short runs that you're doing and then you're, you're driving two hours in between is best because you have to have a business plan. You have to have an idea of how to maximize your money with the time that you're on the road. You, you know, it sounds good because people don't wanna, they think, okay, all I'm doing is driving, but they don't look at everything in between. And when you're planning out something like this and maximizing your, yourself while you're on the road, you wanna think about how you can make the most money. I've seen loads for, I'm, and I'm just, I'm serious. I saw a $7,000 load today. It was going 1700 miles. But if a person were to take that load and drive 500 miles a day, they can make it there in three days and still come back and make money coming back. That would have been a good $10,000 a week for someone just with, with the, as a non-CDL driver. But the main thing you have to have is when someone does trucking or no matter whether it's CDL or non-CDL, they have to want to drive because that's what you signed up for. Um, 
And another thing they need to have is communication. So I mean that on behalf of them contacting the broker, contacting me or contacting um, or, you know, just having their cell phone available and, you know, answer the call for the broker because it's a team effort. That broker books the load with the person, then you give it to the truck driver and it's a team effort. So if one person drops the ball, the ball is dropped regardless. And as a good business person, you never want to look bad. You always want to leave an impression that that person thinks about you later and calls you. So when I book loads for him, or anyone that is that works with me, I, I make it priority. I make them priority and I also let them know I build relationships. So they always think about me, you know, when they call and they ask, do, do I have a driver available? You know, so that's a good thing. Anyway, let me keep going. Um, so monthly expenses, those are other things that you need to think about uh, when you decide to get in this business. Things like your fuel, uh, one thing that I did was um, I found out how much it costs to fill up the tank. I found out how many miles you can go in that tank. And then you divide that by um, you divide your your mileage into your total amount it takes to fill up the tank. And that's how you know how much you need for fuel alone per per trip you take. So, for example, the truck we have, it currently takes about one hundred fifty dollars. I think it came out to 40 cents per mile, which means that every load that's booked, he needs to get at the minimum is for fuel. And then everything else goes for any additional expenses. So you have to have, um, you know, an idea of what your actual budget is. You have to consider your hotel stay, you know, your vehicle maintenance, your low board, if you're paying for it, because, because I do dispatching anyone that goes through me, I already have a low board. So that may, that's only when you're doing owner operating owner operated and someone else is doing it for you and your family and you're not paying them or something. Insurance, that's another, you know, some of these are fixed expenses and some of them are variable expenses. And of course it's based on what is going on, such as such as um, insurance, that would be a fixed expense. So you, that needs to be calculated as well as any notes payable if applicable. So notes payable will be if you're paying for a trailer or if you're paying for a truck. But if you've already paid for those things, then you still always want to consider your fixed expenses and your variable expenses, how much you want to get paid as a trucker. And that's how you determine what you can get paid per, per mile for that load. Uh, and then of course, payroll that's included in there and your ELD, that's another expense. And that's only about $16 a month, but it is part of your expenses. So even if it's one cents a day, you want to you want to continue to add that into your monthly expenses. And then um, vehicle cameras is an option. I think it's uh, based on the personally, I feel is based on the amount of um, amount of drivers you have or if you want to be safer by having a camera to watch the people on the road because they can just stop in front of truckers, you know. And then your mobile devices or tablets. And I still didn't update this. This was the same thing when I did the last presentation. <laughs> So this should say tablets. I promise you, I know how to read. Uh, so, so um, yeah, so these are all the monthly expenses that you need to consider when you are a trucker. And it may seem like a lot, but the potential there is just so big. You know, you can you can easily pull twenty five thousand dollars a month if you want to drive and and you can easily uh, profit about eighteen thousand of that. You know, I'm adding in hotels and all these other notes payables and things, but, you know, you can earn a lot of money. Now, here are some of the basic trucking terms, because I know I've been talking about some things, 
B-O-L is your bill of lading. So you cannot get paid if you do not have a bill of lading. When you deliver that uh, cargo to the delivery location, they get, you know, they they give you a bill of lading when you when you um, first pick it up. But when you deliver it, you get the bill of lading signed by the people that received it. That lets them know that this load has been delivered and you can get paid. That's also called proof of delivery. So sometimes your broker will ask you for POD. And so that's proof of delivery, which is the BOL. <laughs> um, your commodity is what you're hauling. Your payload is what I explained earlier about what the, uh, the amount of weight that you can carry. Uh, perfect example, This um, I have a, a driver that has a, uh, he went and bought the biggest truck. He's non-CDL. So um, I had not, I didn't get it. I didn't meet him before this. I would have told him all of these little things. He's non-CDL. He says, well, if I go get the biggest, baddest, I'm going to get the most money. Well, that's not necessarily the case because once I, you know, started in because I, when I do, when I get a driver, I interview them basically on what you're trying to do. So I'll know how to look for loads. I have to make executive decisions. I can't just call you after every, I see every load. So I told, I asked them questions like what size is your truck? What size is your trailer? And I'm like, you know, are you non-CDL or CDL? So he says non-CDL. So I'm like, wait a minute. You got a 14,000 GVWR truck. Your trailer can only be 11,999 because you're non-CDL. You have a 40-foot trailer. It weighs about 9,700 pounds. If I subtract that, you can only carry 2,000 pounds. Oh, no, because I heard from such and such that, you know, that's one of my, that's one thing I have about individuals when they decide to be an entrepreneur you have to do your due diligence. I completely told him that you need to stop listening to people. I need you to call the Department of Transportation. So those are the people that make the rules. That's who you need an answer from. But sometimes, and, and again, sometimes people don't want to know the truth. They just, after they've made a mistake, they don't want to accept it. So that's a whole nother subject. Anyway, um, he's still running. He's not going to be in business long. You know, but he's still running his truck at the max of 8,000 pounds. He's not going to be in business long. You have to do your due diligence. Um, anyway, lanes is where you where you decide that you, you want to drive to. So lanes could be East Coast, West Coast, Midwest. So that's what lanes means. Certificate of holder is what's used when you decide to do a, do a haul for someone. Their name needs to be on your insurance to say that this load is covered while we're transferring it from point A to point B. COI is certificate of insurance that is for you as proof. Your Raycon is what's received once you um, once you book the load. They may say you have the load, but it's not guaranteed until you get a piece of paper that says we're going to pay you this company X Y Z amount of money to do this load. Other than that, the conversation is nothing. So you have to have that rate confirmation. They call it a rate con. Uh, another thing in the trucking industry is called TNU, trucker not used. And what that means is if a driver goes to a location and something gets messed up where they can't take that load, they pay you money for coming to that load. So just the other day, we had a trucker not used. He went down to the city of Chicago. We live about 30 minutes away to go pick up this load and it, they messed up. They, they put the wrong weight on there so he couldn't take it. They paid him $150 for 30 minutes of time. So, you know, those are things that people need to know when they're in the trucking industry so that you will be educated and you just won't be taken advantage of. Um, low boards. So I use two different low boards. Um, I use truck stop and DAT, but there are several other low boards that you're able to use. And the low boards is where you actually get your loads from. 
they vary in price. You can go from 26 cent a mile up to $30. I saw one load today and it just blew my mind. It was $48,000. It was for 18 wheeler for $317 a mile going 150 miles. Trucking is where it's at right now. Um, you, you know, so some things that you need to know when you're, when you're even booking loads for a person is basically how to maximize that trailer. You know, if you get a, a load that's uh, five feet and it's only a thousand pounds and you can carry 7,400 pounds, then, hey, we need to find some more to go on that truck and on that trailer because you're trying to maximize those loads. It's all about, you know, it, it definitely deals with critical thinking. You have to be able to route, you know, and you have to have critical thinking skills. Um, but the two boards that I use the most, and I pay for the pro one on truckstop.com, the pro one, it basically updates in real time. So I'm able to see the loads first. DAT, I use that as a backup. So if I'm not able to find something on one board, then I'll go to the other. I'm not really a big fan of the broker sites. They are not uh, specific to the type of vehicle that I, that I um, do um, dispatching for. So I'm not really particular to that particular, you know, like broker sites. Um, there are some pros and cons to each site. And uh, as I stated, the broker sites are a little bit more difficult to navigate through based on the size truck you have. They mainly focus, uh, they focus uh, their, their businesses towards 18 wheelers and uh, box trucks. So hot shot is a different field. Uh, let me keep going. So this is an example of what a, a truck, uh, um, what a low board looks like. And just to give you an example, you see this load, this was in February. It was going from Wisconsin to Wisconsin. It was uh, 7,300 pounds. It did not show the length, so this could have been any length, but it was paying $5.80 a mile just to go 121 miles. So that gives you an example of how these low boards look. And uh, it's just based on where you're going. It allows me to look up different states. So this is the one that I pay for the pro membership. I'm able to look up different states. You know, at one time I can pull up different uh, tabs so that I can better, you know, best uh, basically be more effective with my skills. You know, um, let's move on. So this is the other low board DAT that I use. And as I showed you before, the this I I like truck stop because it's more clear. You can see everything right across the board. But DAT, you have to squint your eyes a little bit just to kind of figure out where the to and from is. You know, I mean, I think it's you know very useful tool, but I like to be able to look right across the board, see what I need to do, and that's the reason why I prefer the other one over that one. Um, so booking loads and getting paid. So you have your carrier packet that needs to be completed if you've never done a load with the um, with the company, then um, your carrier minimum requirements. And that basically means that some carriers, some brokers don't use um, um, carriers that are brand new. So you may have to wait 30 minutes, 30 days or 60 days. Some people are six months or, or, um, or a year, but I never get discouraged because this is money out there to be made in this field. Um, remember I said you have to have your rate confirmation before you are actually booked on that load. You know, that means that this load is yours. You have to communicate with both your uh, broker and your um, and your driver. And then your bill of lading, of course, uh, that you receive at the end uh, when they sign it and you know that I'm going to get paid for this. The final thing I do is send the factoring in, which is, you know, I, I, I factor through truckstop.com. And I send that over and they usually pay me within 24 hours. 
Um, so some of the things you need to think about when it comes to taxes and uh, in the trucking industry is, you know, whether you're going to pay yourself 1099 or W-2. Our business is set up as an LLC to separate our responsibility from us to our business, you know. So um, it's at this point, it's also your choice as to whether you're going to 1099 yourself and your driver or you're going to do W-2. Um, and that's that's an option based on what your goals are um, as far as maybe you want to buy a house and you need that W-2. You can get that quicker than doing a 1099 where you have to have two years of um, uh, verifiable income. Um, and so the, some other things you need to think about are your tax deductions. It's some great tax deductions with a trucking business. You have miles. You can you know write off your miles. You can write off your gas and any additional things that you've spent. So you know though you can make a lot of good money, you can write off so much. So that's one of the great things about uh, being an entrepreneur. Um, so tools for success. You have to be an analytical and critical thinker. You have to be know how to multitask because you should see me. I'm making phone calls. I'm on the low board. I'm doing sending emails. I'm sending rate cons. It is a serious and it, it can become addictive because I am a I love to succeed. So I'm always trying to look for the best for my drivers. And so, yeah, it can be addictive. You have to have interpersonal skills because, again, I build these relationships uh, it's all about that relationship. If you don't show that you can provide great customer service from the beginning to the end, then when you call back again, they're going to remember, you know, even with customers that buy magazines or that buy uh, soft scrubs, right? They're going to remember the experience they had with you. So that's the most important part. I, I provide a, an experience, a relationship from the beginning to the end of my uh, dealings with that uh, broker. And they remember me and they call back. Uh, you have to have negotiation skills. So if they have a load for $1.50 a mile, I automatically go up to $2.50 a mile and you meet me in the middle. I don't just take what's there. It's a sales, uh, it's a sales field even more than a driving, you know, the driver. Uh, so I use sales skills, I use negotiations, and I use re relationship building skills. You know, that helps me to maximize and get my drivers the best rate. It also helps me to, you know, because one of the drivers is in my household. So I'm, you know, get, making the household plentiful. So <laughs> so um, you have to be flexible and adaptable. So, you know, the great thing is that I'm able to do this in between teaching, in between doing hair, because I do hair only on Fridays and Saturdays. I go in and get that money. And then the other days I'm teaching and doing this. So it, it you, you have to be flexible and adaptable. And I think for the drivers, you have to know that that's what you're meant to do. So maximize, your, you know, maximize the time that you're out there. You have to have computer skills. I learned very fast that Adobe was my friend the, uh, where I could, you know, download, sign contracts and send them back in a flash instead of printing everything out, wasting ink, things like that. So that's what I mean when you when I say you even have to be analytical and be a critical thinker, because if I would have done that automatically, I would have been six months in the game uh, using up 5,000 pieces of papers. You know, I like to save the trees, you know, uh, and then you also have to be reliable. That's one of the main things. And that's not just for my drivers. When they call me and, you know, if I'm in class, I'll text them and tell them to text the driver. But usually they'll I'll let them know, hey, I teach. I'm not going to be available. Make sure you contact the driver. But that's still part of being reliable. Um, I need to make sure that there's a, 
some form of communication throughout the entire process. So they know that the driver is going to be there for pickup, for drop off. And if anything happens in between, we let them know. Because even though something may happen in between and we may not be able to get there at the same time we initially stated, being reliable also means communicating. So, you know, that's 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 the part with that. Let me move on. Um, now, hotshot trucking pros and cons. So some of the pros, and you see I only have two there. There are tons of pros. But my main thing is that you can make a lot of money in this field, especially if you, you know, are thinking, well, I want to be a trucker, but I don't want to go get my CDL. Can I still make money? Yes, you can. You just have to be diligent. You have to, you know, know what your limitations are and you have to know that when you get into this, you're doing it because you're going to be committed to it. Uh, and, and then one of the other pros is that you're independent. So, you know, like uh, last week, you know, I think we pulled about $6,000 in revenue. Well, if he wanted to take a day off today, uh, he can say, I want to take a day off and so can I, you know. So that's one of the great things of it. So some of the cons is that, you know, you have weather. So one thing that I mentioned up today, because I'm always thinking about ways to maximize your time and uh, benefit yourself as well as, you know, do the do the field that you decide to, to get into. You know, I, I feel that you can make enough money during the seasons that are not um, rainy and, you know, all those things, you know, put your foot to the floor with that. But then in the wintertime, you might want to take off three months because the weather is bad in some states. You know, there there can also be some unexpected changes where you make it somewhere and, you know, the load's not ready or you can't take it. You know, so that can be a con. And then time constraints. Sometimes you have to go, you know, and you have to be at one place and then they're holding you up. And now you, your next load, you're, you're, you're late on. So that can be a little stressful. And then unexpected maintenance. You're on the road, your tire pops out. You don't think about that, you know, all the time. You want to just get up and go. So that can be an unexpected thing, you know. So those are cons, but they do not beat out the pros. Even though I only have two pros there, those pros definitely beat out the cons because those can be uh, your schedule and the way you do things can, can go around these problems that are there. So uh, let's move on. So this is just giving you an example of the types of loads that we've done uh, in the business. So that, um, you know, and, and he, he has his strap down, that's a big machine, but it can vary from big to small, you know, um, all different shapes, you know, it can fill up the whole trailer or not. And just an example, you know, this, this is a small load, but it may weigh like 7,000 pounds, or if it weighed less, we could have got something on this back end. So this just gives you an example. You know, the loads aren't just small or big. They're a variety of sizes. It lets you know that there is a need for this type of industry. Trucking, you know, no matter whether it's sea or air or pipeline, trucking is always land is going to be here. And even when the trucks get to the or the or the boats get to the dock or the planes get to the uh, location, it still has to be driven somewhere. So trucking is going to be here. It's just based on, you know, whether someone knows that this is a great investment. So this is uh, my, my motto, dedication plus determination equals success. Thank you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Shola, you know, I am so, you know, grateful. You know, I see my pops back there. He taking notes, you see. You know. <laughs> pops, pops what do you think about that? I told you she was bad, Pops. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, you still pop still me. muted. Yeah, yeah I'm, gonna get you off. I'm gonna get you off mute. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we hear you. What you think about yeah, that, Paula? Nah, I told you she I'm bad. She, she 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 got it down pat. That's all I say. Now, pops, uh, how, how long been you been driving? I've been doing it for over forty-eight years. So forty-eight years, the shoulder then showed up in the game six months in the game, and she just like, yeah. look here, you yeah. need to drive more. You need to get two loads, years. pops. You know what she she said? Because you told me about this. You said yeah, when yeah. you go one way, that's seven thousand dollars. But if you come yeah. back, you get another seven thousand dollars. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, pops. Yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just I mean, glad. Um, it's a motto. You gonna burn the same amount of fuel. A lot of people do not realize it. You burn the same amount of fuel coming back empty as you would bring the load back. Yes. It depends on how you accelerate. But yep. nevertheless, you can still, you know, I mean, you know, you can make more money both ways, you know, taking it there. A lot of people like a book of load coming back. And sometimes the load coming back don't pay much going up there, but it helps pay for the fuel. It, absolutely. That's exactly how it goes. And that's the reason why I calculate my mileage and try to figure out how much fuel is being used per unit. Yeah. And I love it when she when you said, you know, if they put a price or you, they have to meet you halfway. You don't always accept what they offer. I love Absolutely. That. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. That's, that's yeah. keeping your head, your head above water right there. Yeah, the show. I got a few questions for you, and if you're in the audience, I know you dropped in for a reason. Definitely, um, you know, put your question in the chat, or you know, you can raise your hand or give a thumbs up to let us know that you got a question for the show. And, and pops, he he may tell you a few things, but I'm telling you, it's always gonna start with you know I've been a marine, so just be <laughs> yeah, careful about what you ask for, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so the show, as you were talking, I mean, I mean, my brains were just going crazy because you know I can see all of your hustle. You like don't call <laughs> me when you're on the roll because I'm busy. You probably doing yeah. somebody's hair and you're working on your lesson plan and you said you know what I mean. And pops, you know I'm laughing because the stuff you've been complaining about about how yeah. they don't uh, load the truck correctly That's and. Right. Then you know they planned the trip going, but they didn't plan it coming. You see the show, she don't play. She said, Look here now, you got to get that money going, get the money coming, you know what I mean? And don't be lollygagging. Well, the the key to a successful day is communication, just like she was saying. Mm -hmm. It's all about communication. You have a dispatcher, that's the biggest part of the company, right there. Mm -hmm. Uh You know, if the dispatcher takes something wrong, Something ain't gonna go right from point A to point B. You know, uh, I deal with it every day, seven days a week. You know, if the dispatcher writes something down wrong, they tell you going to Georgia, you end up in Alabama. That's a big difference. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. That's all right. Well, well t- tell me this to show because um, one thing you said is you said there's some money out there, and I wrote down this quote because I heard my pop say it a lot of times. If you want to drive, you yes. say that a lot. Now yes. I know what it means because I'd have heard my pops talk about it. They got yeah. people out here driving the trucks, but they don't want to drive. Absolutely. So they see this, they see this big vision. They see, you know, sometimes people they think that, oh, I'm just driving. They don't realize everything else it takes to be involved, you know, involved in this whole uh, experience, I would say. So, you know, they get afraid, you know, especially yeah. these newcomers, they get afraid. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like the one guy I was telling you that, um, that, um, has the big 40 foot truck and a big old, uh, the mm-hmm. big old 40 foot trailer and a big truck, right. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Oh, 
I sent him out there on the road. Next thing you know, he like, oh, I'm ready to come home. So I had a load for him the next day coming mm-hmm. right back to Chicago. I said, you just got to spend the night out there and come back tomorrow morning. I'm ready to go home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I find myself um, and, and and actually I said I was going to start a business consultant for high shot trucking because I have. Um, and then someone put in the chat about uh, training. I'm, I'm getting ready to start a, a, a dispatch training class because mm-hmm. the guy. I've been getting so many calls of people wanting me to dispatch for them because I'm I'm on I must admit I don't mean to sound cocky but I'm on top of my stuff. I mm-hmm. even even with that little time that I'm on that board I maximize my time and I know how to put puzzles together. Yeah. So that's that's all this about. You hear your dad? Yeah <laughs> yeah 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 because yeah. you know we, we we can hear what you're saying and and yeah, speaking, if you don't yeah. mind putting her contact information in the chat. You know, right. she's going to have a new website pretty soon, but I'm telling you, you're going to get about 5, 10 to 20 new drivers tonight. I can already <laughs> tell it. I'm just going to put it out there because yeah. what you're saying is true because I can hear it and my pops can hear it. What we hear is yeah. you're good with the numbers. Yeah. You, you get into that Excel or that dashboard. You're not intimidated. You 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 already said you're running the equation, right? Like the right. dude with the big truck, he got the big truck. He's shiny. He looked good, but he ain't making no money. He, he pulled yeah. about a thousand pounds, right? Yeah. But but he looked good. You can't yeah, get money like that. So but he like, can with he can with me because I know how to make it work. Oh, so okay. I I I found him a load that was two thousand dollars, paying five hundred. Then he was able to get one that was right. He he was only like forty minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he was able to do two loads in one day and made a thousand dollars. So you you can make it work. It's not. I wasn't more so you know discouraging him, saying okay, you can never get a load. I'm saying you should have done your due diligence by finding out what you can actually do. Stop listening to people on the street. You know, people in the neighborhood, that's something that, you know, uh, us us of color sometimes have a ha- bad habit of doing is just yep. listening to folks and not actually doing your due diligence and doing your research. What I told him was, hey, you need to call the folks that make the rules, you know, not call not call your friend because they don't matter, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, so that's how that happened. But when you get someone who actually still knows how to make it work, because I I do know that if he goes out there doing eight thousand pounds, he's not gonna last for long. So when mm-hmm. I do book him loads, I do think about things like that. I don't always try to, because he said I'm still gonna do the eight thousand. Let me worry about that. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get in trouble if you do that, but I I don't want you to just fall off the scale. You know, mm-hmm. you should have did your research at the beginning. He's either gonna have to buy a brand new truck under fourteen thousand GVWR to bring him down. Or a brand new trailer that's going to be 20 feet to give him lower, to give him a, a better scale. He really need a new truck, you know, but, you know, I can't mm-hmm. tell the man what to do with his money, you know. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. real. That's real. So we got a few yeah. questions in the chat and I'm put the other speakers on a camera because I want to give anybody who has questions a chance to speak. So thank you guys. I know we had a full agenda tonight, but, you know, this is a topic. It's all about entrepreneurship. It's all about money. And the key thing. Because I want to connect the dots for you as we jump into these questions. I see, Christina, you're going to go first. Is that what we started it with trends with Dale Green. He kind of let us know what's happening, the changes, the nuances that are out there. He talked about, we talked about this digital, you know, transformation that's happening for individuals. The mm-hmm. show showed us her digital dashboard of all of the real-time information that she's getting. And the truck's got a GPS unit on it, so she's being updated in real time. She's doing hair. She's teaching classes. But in real time, as they say, you're making money while you're sleeping. And then what happened is we got a true testimony from Vanessa. Vanessa came in and showed us about how she's doing entrepreneurship, not just for herself, but teaching her daughter early. 
Yvette blessed us with multiple do's and don'ts when it comes to entrepreneurship. You know, she didn't sugarcoat it for y'all. She said, look here, this is real. You expect your family, your friends, everybody to be your cheerleader. Don't expect that. When you do this thing, it's going to be hard and you got to hustle. And then she gave us some do's. You know, do's such as, you know, be prepared, be professional, things like that. But let's jump into the questions. And I want to get the lady who raised her hand first, and then I'm going to jump to some questions in the chat. But what questions do you guys have? And I lost the lady who had her hand up. So where did she go? Um, I'm right here. There you go, Christina. Yeah. What's your question? My question was, um, can you do sea dispatching? Is that the same as land dispatching as well? Well, I'm I'm pretty sure the concept is is the same, but of course there are you, you're working with different forms of transportation, so the laws are different. So you know, I yeah, I I'm pretty sure the concept is the same though. You know, but you're you're dealing with nautical miles, and I'm dealing with miles per hour. So you know, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Okay. Also, with the um, when you're doing dispatching as well, like you said, if you you connecting with your broker. Um, if he giving you two dollars a mile, you say you go up like three dollars a mile. Is that what you're saying? Three fifty? Well, it's best based on the load. It's based on where it's going. It's based on whether it's a partial or not. So I'm looking at all of these things, and that's where that critical thinking. You're thinking fast, but you have to think fast and quick. Like, um, so I'm thinking about how much I already had my calculator open when I saw the load. <laughs> okay, so that I can, okay. you know, my calculator is open. I have certain screens open. I have my my Google open so I can see how far it, it is, you know, so I can kind of get a good idea. Um, I have my calculator open. So I automatically, you know, that's, I automatically go up a certain amount based on the type of load it is and how far it's going. So that's more of a, a skill that you learn as, you know, as you continue to go on. Um, but that's one of the things that I teach in my training class. I teach negotiation skills. I teach, you know, how, learning how to maximize on that load board. I know you're in a different field, but if you ever think about it, we can do virtual classes as well. Awesome. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's what yeah. I'm waiting for your class to come up. I've already took, yeah. taken a class, but hey, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> she, 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 what, she what they call a bad mom. What they call it? Yeah. She wanted him. But yeah, um, she put her contact information in the chat. So get that. Um, let okay. me get a few more questions. And let's get a question for Vanessa and Yvette also. Um, but one question I'm going to read Anessa's question. Nisa, she, first of all, she said she just want to drive. Where can she sign up? So you can see <laughs> that contact information there because essentially you have her email. Anisha, feel free to email her. And, um, you know, I'm sure she'll respond because she's very responsive. Um, let's go to um, Christina. She did her question. Let's see. Uh, Kanisha. There she was a her Kaisha? Question. Yes. Let's do uh, Kaisha. When is oh when is the first class? I need to sign up. So when is your first class, Tashola? I want to have it um, the the first week of May, and I know that's Mother's Day weekend, so it's going to uh, more than likely have to be on a weekday. But I can do uh, personal one on one courses through Zoom. Zoom is our best friend now. So one thing that Zoom has allowed us to do, of course, is to be able to maximize on doing business. So I can do personal Zoom Zoom classes as well. But face to face classes, they'll be really small, and I'm in Illinois. So if you're in Illinois then you can definitely come on to the class, but it's going to be a approximately an eight-hour session. I'll give you a certificate afterwards, and I have some great little uh, mm -hmm. trinkets to give you, uh, and we can talk about pricing and things. So I did put my number in chat 
and I'll, uh, I'm going to give it to Tamika so that she can do that. I kind of chuckled when uh, Miss Miss Freeman said about that Gmail, but I definitely think it's uh, it's based on the type of business you do. Yeah. I think that uh, any money you make can be made regardless of whether it's on a stone wall. Uh, that's mm. how I think. So uh, I chuckled inside when you said that as, as I passed out my Gmail address. Yeah, well, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I, I won't judge, judge you because, you know, I use email every now and then, too, especially once that spam bots get a hold of you. But 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 I definitely understand the spirit of what she's saying, because, you know, some people, they don't put in that professionalism. And in this audience, you know, you know, it's all those professionals. But, you know, some of the people, as they say, the, the, the new folks, I like that word, the shoulder, the new folks, you know, they don't even know what, you know, excellence look like. You know what I mean? But in this space, we got nothing but excellence. So let's um, what are the questions we got? So we got um, Keisha's question. She says, how? How much you can go on email on that because I don't know how much she's gonna charge. I don't want to put a business out there, <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, email her on that and she put a phone yeah. number in that. I think you can text her. Is that a cell number, Deshola? That's my mobile number. That's my contact. You can call mm -hmm. me anytime, uh, except for when I'm trying to get some sleep finally in life after 10 p.m. Central Time. But yeah. um, I am available. You know, you can give me a call or you can email me at that DNS dispatch service at gmail.com. Or the phone number, I'll be um, able to talk to you as well. Great, 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 Katie. What questions you got for us? I know you you always have some questions for us. Well, you know, I, I have one. There was another one from Tina, but can I go ahead and I had a question actually yes. for Vanessa. Okay. And I'm curious, Vanessa. Hello. If there were, I know that you started your daughter relatively young um, in terms of business, but I'm wondering if there were also classes that she took in school or if there was anything sort of um, relevant that she learned in school that you feel like helped her with her entrepreneurship and with your company? Um, yes, actually, she is going to Independence High School. Um, I know that she has been taken up. Um, they have like Fort Hayes. They have entrepreneurship um, programs. They talk about business. Um, she has been a part of them classes. She has been networking. So that's a plus as well. And that they're just like, oh, Latina, you got all this going on and you're about to be in business anyway. So we want to try to kind of help and transition and lead the pathway um, with some guidance. Like I said, the Urban League here in Columbus, Ohio, they always have business etiquette or business coaching classes. There is a woman named Shanice Wise. I love, I just love, love her coaching sessions. She has a lot of stuff on Facebook Live that's very inspirational. And um, also my daughter, she watches her because my daughter's like, mom, I can learn a lot from her. And she talks a lot about business. I love how my daughter just looks at stuff like that because it's like, it's like a growth and development thing for her. And not only that for me too, you know, so <laughs> like I said, my nine to five is project facility manager, um, hospitality and management. Um, I've been in management, like I said, for a very long time. So I do know how to manage budget scheduling and all that stuff like that. So I thought that was a plus um, to use my skills to help her with this business because the goal is for her to take ownership when she becomes 18 or 19. Sure. Sure. Awesome. Thank you awesome. so much. Can awesome. I ask a question actually of Yvette also? Yes, yes, because I know you, you love magazines. So I'm, I'm I do. I do. 
And I've checked out Yvette's magazine. So Yvette, I'm wondering, because what you have is a really high-end magazine. And have you, you know, you're in Asheville, which is an awesome place to be, one of my favorite cities. And I'm wondering how you do, um, if, if you actually do some um, outreach to sort of a, a um, I guess, a high-income Black community also, since you have such, your your magazine, let's be real, is very chic and it's, it's all of those things where people, you know, who are going to pay a little bit more for that magazine might be. So how is it that you're engaging with sort of your ideal customer base? Uh, I am actually, like I said, I'm a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I'm also a member. There is a um, gentleman here who actually started a Black Wall Street of Asheville. So I'm a member of that. So uh, attending meetings, which are basically Zooms, but also trying to get the word out to other minority entrepreneurs. We just had our first inaugural WNC uh, Black Business Expo. Nice. And so I was a partner sponsor of that, had a booth at the trade show. And it's basically just trying to get out there and let people know. I'm also placing copies in certain Black businesses uh, in Asheville as well as other locations, even though it's subscription only. I've been basically giving away copies in certain areas just to get that exposure and let people know it exists. But I also do post on social media as much as possible in different minority groups as well. Okay, thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. I got a question from Tanisha in the chat. She says, I have a CDL and a Ford F-250. That's a nice truck. And a 40-foot trailer. Boy, that's a nice trailer. Can I get loads just starting out? So it seems like she got the equipment to show us. She want to know what can she do with that F-250 and 40-foot trailer. Can she get started now? Absolutely. I um the two the uh, I wound up doing dispatching and starting this dispatch business because uh my fiance's brother started and so he I'm doing dispatching for him and then he recommended someone else to me and then you know I see the opportunity. But with that being said, they've only been they've only been on the road. The brother has only been on the road for three weeks. And the other one just started, this was his first week, and I've already gotten him about $3,000. And he's only been driving in the city. So, you know, you can definitely get low starting out. You just have to have a dispatcher that is diligent um, and, you know, again, has good relationship skills. Because one person he was driving for, he does a load tomorrow for, they usually require 90 days. But I built that relationship. And he uh -huh. said, you know what, I'll go ahead and... uh you know, I'm going to get his stuff bypassed so he can he can go ahead and start. So he's now signed up with this carrier. Yeah, she uh, was bad. She got hustle and flow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You know, a lot of people got hustle, but they ain't got well, no flow. Is. She said he just yeah, she, pop. You here? Yeah. She, no, she, she talk she quick. Chicago. It. Stay away from Chicago, no, pop. She, she you. got it where they know she's very dependable. Mm -hmm. That she gets the job yes. done. Mm -hmm. She said earlier she gets a job done so well that they can't help but to call her again. That's all right. So, and, yeah, and that's and, the type of reputation you want to have. I yeah, have someone wants to sign. Someone wants to sign up with me in June. I have yeah. another trucker that wants to sign up with me. Yeah, yeah. you can build that reputation. You know, and once you got that reputation, you want to keep your reputation the way you got it, because that reputation makes you money as well as the person that you hire to get something done. As simple yeah. as that. Deshola, tell me this, because we've been talking about it, but, you know, there's two businesses right there. There's the hotshot trucker, the one who's driving, and there's the dispatcher. You're the dispatcher. 
But are you taking new drivers or do you just kind of gauge the number of drivers? What's, what's your take on that? You know, the interesting thing about that is that uh, some things, and even with hair, it fell in my lap. Uh, I had a skill. And because I had this relationship, you know, way that I was able to talk to people, I built my clientele from in the first year from like 15 people in a month to one day I had 15 people in a day I had to hire an assistant. And so uh, with that being said, I'm taking on whatever I can take on because I can always build my army. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, for the people listening, and this show is going to be replayed in a couple of weeks. So, you know, um, we're going to make sure we publish the notes and things like that. But the show has shared her number and her email. So feel free to reach out to her. We got last one last question from um, what's that Duvall? Should I buy a new truck and what size is the best truck to start with if I'm just getting started? Well, I think that your initial investment, you want to look at your seed capital. And so I work with that part as well. If you do, if you need to know how to get started, I do consulting with that. And just the FYI, I am in my PhD as well uh, in, in uh, leadership and organizational uh, organizational strategy. Uh, so I, I've used all these skills to try to, you know, make things bigger. So um, it's based on what you're trying to do. You don't really need a, a, a brand new truck. You just need to you, you need to make sure you get a diesel truck. If you give me if you take my number down or take my email and reach out to me, I will help you whatever I can in, in helping you get started with this. All right. You just got what they call favor. She said just hit her up and she will help you out. Well, people, this has been awesome. It's been a long show, but you know, for the entrepreneurs out there, you have been blessed. You have favor from tonight. We've had a great opportunity and I'm just going to do what I do. As y'all say, I'm going to play some of my daddy's records. Pops, you know, <laughs> this, this, this yeah. is really good music, but you still young. You don't know about this. Yeah, yeah, I, I just want to say thank y'all for being here tonight because it has been awesome. This has been a show that yeah. I've been really looking forward to just because there's been so much you know, good conversation and good stuff going on. And I don't know, Katie, what do you think? I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. Enjoyed Vanessa, Yvette, and Deshola all. Just absolutely wonderful. Thank all of you. And I don't know where Daryl Green went, but he was fantastic too. I mean, the show had something for absolutely everyone. So thank you all. Thank you for joining us at Southern Soul Livestream Talk Show. Join us weekly at soullivestream.com. If you're joining us live, we'll take a quick music break and then come back for discussion with the audience.